In the quiet stillness of winter, when the snow blankets the world, and the air is crisp with promise of festivities, there is a tradition that veers away from the merry jingles and twinkling lights. The telling of ghost stories on Christmas Eve. Legend has it that this ghostly Christmas tradition finds its roots in Victorian England. Picture a time when gas lamps flickered in the darkness, casting long shadows across cobblestone streets. The Victorians were filled with tales of the supernatural, and Christmas Eve became the night to gather around the fireplace, not for carols and laughter, but for spine-chilling tales that sent shivers down your spine. One influential figure in the spectral tradition was none other than Charles Dickens. In 1843, he penned the timeless classic, A Christmas Carol. Through the haunting visits of Jacob Marley and the three Christmas spirits, Dickens wove a narrative that combined the eerie with the redemptive, a perfect blend for the holiday season. His tale captured the imaginations of many, and soon, telling ghost stories on Christmas became as customary as hanging stockings by the chimney. But why tell tales of the supernatural during a time that's meant for joy? Some believe that ghostly narratives against the backdrop of festive seasons add a layer of warmth and comfort. The chilling stories serve as a reminder of the transient nature of life, emphasizing the importance of love, kindness, and redemption, deemed central to Dickens' own tale. In this episode, we unravel the mysteries behind the ghostly Christmas tradition and explore the other unconventional facets of the holiday season, from ancient Yule tradition to peculiar origins of Christmas crackers. Join us as we unwrap the layers of history and folklore that make Christmas the fascinating tapestry of customs and celebrations that it is today. So go there around the fireplace as we embark on a journey through the enchanting and sometimes eerie side of Christmas. This episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast begins now. Fourteen more days until Christmas, and we have the whole Swab podcast crew here. Joey? Yes, sir. He's back. He's back. He's here. He's not here. He's back. <laughs> Nikki? We're ready to roll. We had a good episode for everybody lined up, and uh, this is our last day, all three of us together, until next year. Um, we're recording our episode for next week, the season finale, a little early. We're doing it on Saturday, so it'll just be me, Nick, and fan favorite our favorite, one of our favorite guests, Dario Anthony, um, which is good because Nick gets to meet him finally and have a conversation. Still the third best looking guy on the podcast at that point. <laughs> Joey's talked and had conversations with him a couple times, but Joey's got some stuff to do on Saturday. So this is our last episode together until next year. And season four has been like analytically our best season yet, our longest season, and we've got a ton of new listeners and followers and stuff. So it's been a well-deserved like break that we're about to have. And it's been, it's been good. I really like, I, we've been talking about this even on the car ride, like supernatural. I really think we should do like a road before journey so far, right? The road to, yeah. and then, and then like where we're at now, I could just hear the music already. I can hear the song. Dude, let me tell you something. When I started doing these by myself, 
I actually filmed my the pilot episode at my mom's upstairs, and it was like bullshit. Fifteen minutes. The monolith things were popping up. Remember when the monoliths were popping up everywhere yeah, yeah. during COVID? Mm-hmm. And I touched on that, and, and I then that. I went back like three days later, and I saw like oh. 40 people listen to this bullshit. Billy loves touching big, long towers. Yes, absolutely. And then I was like, all right, we're going to rock with it. Filmed the next episode in the truck of my work my work van at my old job. At the end of the day, 30 minutes, filmed it with my phone. People liked that episode. It was actually a top 10 decrypted episode for a mm-hmm. while. And um, you know, here we are. This is our 148th, no, 149th. Right? No, 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 I'm wrong. 139th on Saturday when we record and air it next the following week. It's the 140th episode. And I actually have to go back and count how many episodes we did from for season four. It's well over either 50 or 40 episodes, something to that extent. Yeah, we definitely did a lot this season. Yeah, because I, I watched The Reel on Facebook when we did the Sarah from a Sakara. Yeah. And I think that was like now. the beginning of uh, season four. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's been a while. But, you know, it's almost Christmas and the season finale is not a Christmas episode per se. It's just a season finale talking about some stuff. I'll explain that at the end. It's on the website, swappodcast.com. So this is like the unofficial Christmas episode to end everything. And then next, then when we, next week will be the last, last episode of season four. Mm-hmm. So now that we're all together, we can talk all things Christmas. And uh, we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. Nick's got his Nick's notes ready to go. Joey, how the hell are you? Joey bought me some Coquito. Yeah. Before we get into the episode, Joey got some Oreo. You got to break that down for the European listeners. They don't know what that is. Do you want to break it down? Because All right. So it is a traditional holiday drink made in Puerto Rico. And everyone always references it to like eggnog. Two completely different drinks. Yeah, totally but, different. Uh, dairy base, right? Um, the one that I make is non-dairy base, obviously. Um, so it would mess everybody up here and we'd be all fighting for that bathroom if I, if I brought the real deal. <laughs> but um, it, it's still the same, still delicious nonetheless. And um, so I made an Oreo version. I, I throw some Oreos in mine. So you'll, you'll see. You'll, and, you'll and tonight really we're, we're actually drinking while we record. Well, I mean, well, Joey and I are. Nick. I'm, I'm abstaining. I'm abstaining. I've got a few more days in this mental toughness program that I'm in and I'm going to stick it out all the way to the end. Nick, good for you. These guys got more willpower than, I don't know, than Job. Nick, Nick should just jump on stage at this point. Like, there's a, like, you, you've already proven the mental toughness. You, this, this, this guy's sitting here freezing his ass off. He's got no body fat on him. <laughs> These guys are putting me to shame. He used to be like the exact opposite like a couple years ago. And now I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm going to eat a bagel. <laughs> I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have donuts. I don't care. I'm gonna work out. I mean, it is what it is. There's seasons. Listen, there's there's times in everybody's lives. I got some donuts. I'm gonna make and I'm gonna put them together for us one week. It's gonna be really good. They're gonna taste like regular donuts, but it's gonna be high protein. So you're gonna really enjoy it. And yeah, they got to be important. vegan friendly for Joe. I can make vegan friendly high protein donuts. Yeah. Right. So, just, but I um, use, uh, I use I could use the ice I could use the ice cookie oatmeal one. That should be a good flavor for the donuts. I'm down for that. So Christmas, you know. You start getting these wonderful delicacies. Joey brought the Coquito. We're drinking tonight. We're enjoying. It's going to be a good episode. We'll talk about all things Christmas. In particular, not it's not a carbon copy of last year's episode. It's a more in-depth and with other things, even affiliated to religion that we're going to get into. Why we tell ghost stories on Christmas. Lures of the, of the ghost tales. 
um, how things are. That was my stomach. You heard that? I don't know if it caught it on the mic. That would be funny. It was like, go keep dog. It knows. <laughs> so that, what you just did there just made me laugh because uh, I was watching uh, Bruce Stu Films. You ever seen that guy on YouTube? Yeah. Bro, he makes some hysterical stick figure like artwork and he's been around for a while. And um, he did one of like, a, uh, he went on a paranormal investigation. I got to send you that video and you got to watch it. It is so funny. There's a part of it where he's with the guy, his friend. <laughs> and he gets possessed by the devil or something. I'll do it. And he, he made this, I'm the devil, blah, 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 with his tongue and everything. I, and I, that part gets me all the time. Bruce, you guys got to check it out. BruceStewFilms.com or Bruce Stu Film on YouTube. It is hysterical. But um, yeah, we're going to get into some Christmas talk right now. Um, not just the history of why ghost stories come about on Christmas. It goes affiliates into Halloween stuff. We're going to do some biblical talk a little bit. So it's going to be a great episode. And uh, we're all going to kick it off. With a fairly new, newly introduced to the Swab Podcast, Nick Snotes. Joe, you came on like two weeks after it started, the Nick Snotes. Yeah. So, people like it, you know? And he bring, he's got two pieces of paper today. He brings the research. Like front and back, written out, not typed. I can't type. It's gotta, written that's, out. That's the teacher in Nick. So, I got to give the formal introduction. This episode is sponsored by Nick Snotes. And Spotify for podcasters. If you want to know how to get your very own podcast out there, head over to Spotify for podcasters to get started. Now, this segment of Nick's Notes. Well, thank you, Billy. And um, for the sponsors out there, Nick's Notes is brought to you by the Say What Again Billy podcast, presented to you by Billy, Joey, and Nick. So uh, let's get started. Um, as you say, there's some a few things in here. Uh, some are related, but just like Christmas when we were kids is all about building anticipation. The one that I know Billy really wants to talk to, I put at the end on purpose because I want you to just really like have to sit and suffer and wait just like we did as kids for Christmas. The one that we've been talking about like incessantly off air, which one you keep bringing up and which one has popped up in passing when you talk, it's about that one particular song, and I save that to oh. the very end. So let's start with a few things just to remember about the spooky side and the odd side of Christmas traditions. St. Nicholas Day, right, name day, 12-6. Not, not 12-25. That's a great day. It's my name day. It's your birthday. But that's the real Santa Day, okay? That's the St. Nicholas Day, and it's based on a Christian holiday. Now, records indicate... Right? So here's the Christian holiday version of it. Records indicate that Christ was born around summertime, not winter, based more on um, when the census would have been, the fact that there were sheep out, right? Because shepherds wouldn't have sheep out in the wintertime, you know, bearing, barring very few of them. And the position of the stars in the narrative of the nativity kind of allude to Christ being born around summertime. But... When it's put together in the Bible and all that, uh, the, the dates chosen was December 25th. Now, there are multiple theories as to why. And, um, you know, one of them is that the Roman Emperor Constantine wanted to integrate paganism with Christianity. So they took 1225 because it's right after the winter solstice. That's actually been largely disproven. Um, because at the time, between 200 and 300 AD, Christians didn't need to mimic paganism anymore. So... Yeah, that was a popular theory when we were kids, like why that date was chosen and why that date was moved. But that's kind of been 
pushed to the side? In Catholic school, because predominantly I was in Catholic school, 90% of, you know, educational years. I never even knew until after I graduated high school that Christmas, the, the, the actual Christmas, the, the birthday of Christ was not accurate. So I actually didn't know that until, you know, fairly recently. Well, I mean, I studied um, my minor area of study. Started as my major area of study at college was theology, and then I switched it over um, to philosophy and theology, but which helped me learn like world religions and stuff. So you see a lot more things. But yeah, that the the popular theory of the time when when I was going to school and I was studying was that it was. Uh, to combine paganism with Christianity because the Roman emperor was a pretty smart dude and he knew he needed to kind of combine his two peoples. But that's, like I said, been pushed to the side because the theory now, the predominant one, is that, in fact, 1225 is related to the date of the Annunciation and to the date of death of Christ. Now, they estimate the date of death of Christ to be March 25th. Which is something I'm going to tell you. I guess I can bring it up fairly quickly. Remember I was telling you last week I got something that you might not even know? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that we can do it early in the episode. Go ahead. Knock it out. No, no, go ahead. Oh, keep right, keep going. Right. Then I'll bring it up. Um, so they they kind of estimate 325 is the date of death. And the Annunciation is around that same time. So they said nine months to the day after Jesus' accepted date of death would be the date of birth, right? Um, now, while celebrated on different dates by Eastern and Western Christians, meaning Christmas and, and those dates... They still fall in between 1225 and 16, which this is a Christmas song that we've heard 100,000 times, I'm sure, the 12 days of Christmas. That's where the 12 days of Christmas comes from, between 1225 and 16, which for a lot of people also who are Catholic or Christian, especially Spanish or Italian, they call that Little Christmas uh, or Three Kings Day because that's when you celebrate that. And then that's like the, that is the unofficial end of Christmas. Uh, it's kind of like when you go through the stockings, if you have anything left, that would be the little gifts that you get then. But that's kind of where... Um, and this is all if you survive Krampus Night. This is all if you survive I Krampus, believe, Krampus Night I can't on believe that Reel did so well. You believe that? Jeez, well, the reels that you have no ambition of even like, ah, I'll just throw it out there. And it's got like 80, 90,000. It's like, like almost 100,000 views. It's, it, it's like, I was like, what? And it's all Facebook views. Ironically, because it's the most wonderful time of year. I can't believe it. Well, we're all still here, so Krampus didn't come. To well, us. even if it did, we no, made Krampus it. Krampus came we, to both we, you guys' houses. We and made was it. Like this guy is eating rabbit food. This guy has just got vegetarian food, <laughs> and he came to me and he was like, "He's just a fat fuck." <laughs> so, so I can't, I can't carry him in the sack. Well, you got, you got the beard, and, and you say what you say. You're not that that heavy, but hey, maybe he thought you were his buddy Santa, and so he left you alone. And he was like, "Oh, these two guys, they're too small." For me, right. he's not going to touch the guy that talks about him. Like he give, we give him clout. We did, we did, we gave him a lot of a uh, lot of airtime, free airtime, free press is uh, you know even bad press is good press. Yeah. So um, that's what I've got on why the date is the date. If you wanted to jump in, I mean, I can keep going, but um, you let me know if this uh, is. Weird. I don't know what's in these. That's like a, it's like a Christmas gift every week with Nick's notes. I don't know what's in them. All right, <laughs> so All right. I continue, and then if I feel like we're going to get too far, then I'll jump in with my little. Uh, Stuff that you may not know, and I don't think Joey knows this either. All right, so let's talk about the Yule, celebration of Yule. All right, too far. Is this the end of your religious notes? More or less. Okay, so now we'll jump into it nice and early. So, for my religious peeps out there, 
Um, and we'll do a little trivia. What did the three wise men... I'll go to Joey. What did the three wise men present Mary and Joseph for baby Jesus as gifts? Man, I got to go back to like Catholic school days. I only, In all fairness, I only went to ninth and 10th grade in Catholic school. Um, man... I should know this because I'm Hispanic. We celebrate we celebrate Three Kings. Um, it's gold. 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 Frankincense and myrrh. Right. Okay. Gold, never frankincense, that. and myrrh. Right. <laughs> now, at those times when people passed away, do you know what people brought to the, presume they called at this at the time, wake? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the three kings essentially brought Jesus as a gift on his birthday. Right? Death gifts. Death gifts. Because the, the father of Jesus, the Almighty, actually knew that he's putting his son on earth to be basically sacrificed right. for our sins. So he literally, the three kings presented the three gifts that would be the last things his body ever had around him, which was... Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Which gold was very treasure. It's always still treasured to this day. So when you were when you were, you know, worshipped or you were high in, you know, the hierarchy of society, people would bring gold to to you when you passed away to your family. The frankincense and myrrh are what. There's a, aren't those scents like when you go into a mass, you see that guy swinging the, the ball and it, those are those are in, incense, right. right? So frankincense and myrrh were used. Obviously, they didn't have embalming methods at the time. Frankincense and myrrh were the the, the herbs to death. cover the smell of death. So essentially, the three kings brought Jesus as a newborn, what he would ultimately be receiving when he died, which was a basically a a premonition, a pretense of what was to come. So the 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 story of the three three kings, the three wise men, was essentially a like a foreshadowing of his 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 demise ultimately. So it's I found that I, I saw this on the show and I was like, wow, I never thought about that. They also said that Jesus probably wasn't born in a major, just like Jesus was not a carpenter. Jesus was probably born in a cave. The Romans were literally hunting for every newborn child mm -hmm. because they heard of a new king that was going to be born. And he didn't like that. He was like, no, no, this is not going to fly. So he actually believed it. It's not like he didn't believe it and was like, this is bull. He actually sent his troops to houses killing newborn babies. And for him to, for him to be had born in a major out in the desert somewhere or wherever the case may be, it was probably unlikely. So they had to probably hide him and bring him to a cave where he was born inside of a cave where he was also wrapped in what? The swaddling clothes, clothes right? Yeah. When, you were, when you were killed... They put you in death shrouds. They were, you were in shrouds. The Shroud of Torin is said to be you know, the shroud that was over... Jesus, so even though it's been... That's the one that has his face. That's the one that still has his face, like, right. imprinted Even though on. that's been proven to be kind of like a painting or a depiction of, of Jesus. Right. But he was wrapped in these cloths as a baby, just as he was wrapped in death with the three gifts of gold, frankincense, 
and Merck. So know. it was like a pretty much, you know, a, like a coming attraction of what's to come ultimately of Jesus passing away or being killed, which they say his age was give or take 30, 34, <laughs> 33 to 34 years old. This right. is when he supposedly was crucified. So the more you know. I, it's, I did not know that. That part I didn't know. That tidbit um, of information was brought to you by <laughs> f- Father, <laughs> by, Father, <laughs> Father Bill the Kid. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a funny little catchphrase like Nick's notes, but for, for Billy here, uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'm not that quick-witted. This Billy's White Collar Report on Jesus has been brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. Listen, I don't think Boomer is going to approve of this message. So, um, that's good, though. I really didn't know. I knew about the the frankincense and myrrh, and I knew that it was for for sons, but I didn't know those were death gifts in general. Um, So, thank you. That's a little foreshadowing there. Yeah, big foreshadowing. You're always with the big. Always with the big. You like the big, huh? Compensate. Well, okay. (laughs) All right. Anyway, um, Yule. Celebration of Yule. Now, this was pre-Christian. This is thousands of years ago in the Norse people. uh, Set to celebrate the feast of Jol or Yule. um, Norse Day of the Dead. Go ahead. Dio de los Muertos. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) That's the Spanish one, but... Norse Day of the Dead is uh, the Feast of Joel or Joel. Um, and it it's allegedly has a lot to do with Odin as a major player because he was also known as Jolner. Um, I'm pretty sure that was his lance too. Um, but this was also thought to be really more in the Norse mythology. It's more like a New Year celebration. So just like Day of the Dead kind of ends the year and then celebrates the beginning of the new year, so too does the day of Joel, which you know, we've talked about this before, like these these feasts and these celebrations, they always seem to coincide. And it's very odd that across the world, across all these different beliefs, and I know Joey has spoken to this before, simultaneous rising of these very similar belief systems across multitudes of people. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways... The earliest written reference that we have is from Bede, a monk in the 8th century in the UK. Um, And there's something called Julie, uh, G-U-I-L-I, a.k.a. a passage of time bringing new light and life, which would make sense considering it's like, you know, the new year, right? It's the end of the winter, the end of the darkness, and the light and, and plant life is starting to come back, which coincides with the end of winter and of a solstice in that nature. Off topic. Which one of you guys has Tiger Bomb on? I, I just put it on. Oh, dude. Sorry. No, I love the smell of it. I was just like, I smell Tiger Bomb. And I'm just like, what is it? Because Joey has like four different colognes on. He mixes them up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm smelling. I just want to make sure. Okay. No, no, it's Tiger Bomb. Okay. Right there, Tiger Bomb. Um, so Yule, right? Now we have the Yule Log. Because this is one that we know. This is one that's still around. The Yule Log. Uh, we see it, you know, I put it on on Christmas Eve because I don't have fireplace and I'm, and I put it on so that my kids can have the fireplace on. So I put it on the television. It's like a 12-hour Yule log. It just runs all night. And um, it was originally thought, the original Yule log was thought to have burned 12 days for the entirety of the festival of Yule or Joel. And again, to me, this sounds like we're in the same season right now, Hanukkah, where the oil burned for eight days in that miracle. So this is kind of really interesting to me, 
yet again, we have these very similar sounding stories that even though Norse were pagan and Jewish were monotheistic, very similar sounding, very similar practices, very similar miracle stories, if you will. And oddly enough, there's not just a Yule log, there's a Yule goat. Yeah. So apparently this thing's made out of straw and tradition is thought to have once on So Yule had to deal with Odin. Well, the Yule goat has to deal with Thor. If you go and read the stories of Thor and not just a movie that came out recently, but actual Thor would ride around. His chariot was actually pulled by goats, mm -hmm. like these big giant goats. And so the Yule goat is thought to uh, honor Thor at the time. Now, the the people that do still practice it, it's associated oddly enough, with Santa, which I guess is how he went from goats to reindeer. reindeer. I'm sure you can make a leap. Reindeer and goats both have horns. Um, well, reindeer don't, right? Only female reindeer have horns. Is that right? No. They don't have horns at all. Oh. They're antlers. Oh, well. Antlers, horns. Same thing. <laughs> I have to talk. I have to technically have tell to technical you because of that? my job. Okay. Well, okay. I have to tell you. All right. Well, they have protrusions from. Well, their no, head. the goats. The goats have. Um, the deer have antlers. The goats have horns. horns. Yes. But they they have things protruding from their heads. Yes. On either side. Yes. Okay. So it's kind of simple. And if you're talking about these 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 goat pulling the uh, Thor's Thor's yeah. Chariot. I, I think where I work has those particular, because they're pretty big. Right. They're like apex goats. Like, they're huge things. I don't know the exact name. Ibex? Ibex? Is that right? Is that the name? Ibex? Ibex? That one. Ibex. Those are big goats with huge they're, horns, they're, right? They're pretty big. Ibex. They're called Ibex, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I would imagine that's probably where the tradition kind of... This is when you know I've been at my job too long already. <laughs> Seven years combined, technically. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, like a... Harry Potter Hermione moment. It's Leviosa. Not Leviosa. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll I'll be Harry. If that makes me Harry, I'm really okay. Did you that. watch Harry Potter, Joe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I am I the only one who hasn't seen the movies? Oh my god. Yeah, was, it was our era. I just don't like. Well, Harry don't Potter. don't worry. You got HBO Max. It's going to make a show for ten years, so you can watch this. Is show. they are they really? Doing yes, that? they really are. Oh, I see. This is this is why it's good that you're going to be on Saturday, and you're, you're going to end up not missing it because. We're talking about a lot of stuff. Listen, I, I'll be okay. I, I loved Alan Rickman. I don't think there's another person on earth that could play Severus Snape as well as Alan Rickman. Thought he was a fantastic actor, God rest his soul. But if they make Adam Driver play Snape, this, I could see that. Is this a prequel? or it's No, it's supposed to be. It's supposed. Okay, so we're way off topic here. But the way it's supposed to be set up is... And I don't know how they're going to do it over 10 years, but every book is going to get a season. And there's seven books, so I don't know how they're going to do. I mean, there's there's also like The Cursed Child, which is the play that came after Harry Potter, which is another. So wait, the books that have been out already. Books have been out forever. They're going so to they're make each season, season one book. With the original cast? No. No, no, no. So someone recasting. else is playing They're going to have another 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old play Harry. And they're going to probably, because all the books, it's not like Game of Thrones or Harry when they were coming out where they had to wait for the new book. This is a money grab. Sounds yes. like a money grab. Yes, and it's been 20 years since Harry Potter. Harry Potter was 2001. It's, ah. two, it's 22 years. I think it's not this long enough. This is why I actually... You'll, you'll enjoy the movies, though. If you do like a binge on, on yeah, HBO I can't, Max, I can't get into it. There's something about like the medieval... Just, just get past like the first 
three, and then you're good. I read the first book in the entirety. I didn't like it. I forced myself to read it because everyone was reading Harry Potter. You know, I read I read the third book first, uh, honestly. The yeah, Goblet yeah. of Fire? Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. My friend had it. I read it, and I was like, now nah, i got to read the rest of them. So, so my, dys- my dyslexic ass just watched the movies. Yeah, no, I, uh, I read the first one, and I'm like... All right, I'm just reading it because everyone's reading. Just like I did with Goosebumps. But I liked Goosebumps. Well, interesting story was when, when the fifth book came out, I was actually in the UK. And um, I had gone with my school. And nobody would take the train ride with me. It was like a two and a half hour, three hour train ride from where we were. But J.K. Rowling was signing the books in this location. Nobody would go with me. I'm still mad about that. 20 years later. Like, still mad about that. Was it worth anything for her autograph? Probably not she's now. I mean, she's getting she gets, she right embroiled with all that, you know, well, let's not go there. But Well, we're going to go there next week, so just be prepared. Because okay. well, I, okay. I can't wait for next week's episode because that's why I wanted to end the season off. Because we had this, we had Dario come on, and Dario is talking about a lot of stuff in the land of Hollywood. And then we did the anal, and he has such a good perception on, on things that are going on. And Hollywood is playing a big factor in a lot of things. But I'm not going to get into it. But next week's going to be a great episode. Just giving the listeners a heads up. It's going to be a fantastic episode. It may be like three hours long to end the season. Okay, well. We're going to, we go, we probably going to go, I'm, well, I have to work on Sunday, unfortunately, but you guys. You, you're going to have to explain that one to my wife that from gone for three hours on a Saturday. Well, yeah, I'll give her a very fair Well, warning. Well, hold on. First off, let's, you're supposed to yell at me. Don't forget, you're supposed to yell at me right now. Oh, the sabotaging me? Sabotaging, you know, because I got you crumble cookies and my wife is so mad because I bought you crumble cookies. She's like, you didn't buy me crumble so, cookies. So, yeah, so for everyone listening, my birthday was Wednesday, right? And uh, this dude calls me and tells me, you got to go pick up your uh, crumble cookie order at between 10 and 10.30. And I'm like, you're the, these Joey and, and Nick, they are like Greek gods right now. And I'm like, you're sabotaging me. Like, I was going to eat bad regardless. Like, the day before I had McDonald's. So that was my treat. That was my cheat meal. I was like, I've been craving McDonald's for months. I don't eat it every day. I literally eat McDonald's probably like once or twice a year. So I was like, I'm craving a Big Mac. I'm craving. That's what I treated myself. Next day, Nick's like, Yeah, you got four, you know, crumble cookies. The raspberry one, dude, is like, it had to be every bit of 300 grams of sugar. And it's gone right now. Listen, so I'm going to order because I know I can't have any cheat meals until Sunday, but I'm going to do it like on Saturday. I'm going to pick them up. They won't be stale by Sunday. No, they won't. Because There's I so want to get sugar in them. They, they, won't have, be, they won't be stale till next year. They have the Wonka cookie this week. I saw that. I'm just so curious to see what that is because the, my kids in the Wonka play and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it on Saturday. I'm going to order them and then I'm going to eat the Wonka cookie. That's, I'm just telling the whole audience right now. I've been like going... Fucking hard as shit on my my plan here, but I am having treating myself to the Wonka cookie Good for on you, Sunday. Man. Um, early Christmas gift, yes, sir. Speaking of Christmas gifts and early gifts and going to the UK, let's talk about another popular topic, which is not something so much here in the United States, but it's definitely big in the UK. Christmas crackers, very Christmas crackers. Yes, like, this was mentioned on my monologue. If you good, so you you have I've heard actually of never ate. A Christmas cracker. Joe, have you eaten a Christmas cracker? Do you even know what a Christmas cracker is? I have no idea what a Christmas Well, I'm glad you didn't eat it because it's made out of paper. And it's like, it's a firecracker almost. When we say Christmas cracker, we think of like... I was thinking of something... Like a graham cracker, right? See, this is why if you watch Harry Potter, in Harry Potter, they'll go like... Stop trying to get me to watch So it. Joe, Joe's going to help me demonstrate. Not that the, the people at home could see this. Joe would grab this end of the, of the tube. I would grab the other end of the tube. And we would just go. They're Pow! literally grabbing a pen right now. Right, it's a pen because we don't have a tube. But it's like a wishbone. You ever break up a wishbone? These potheads. You ever crack a wishbone? 
Yes, I have cracked the wishbone. Okay, bone. so two people grabbed the wishbone and they pulled it, And I have right? watched wishbone. Okay. We all did, I think, when we stayed home when we were younger. Um, you crack the wishbone. You have to pull on both sides. Same thing with a cracker. It's a paper tube wrapped in colorful wrapping. Uh, it's actually a cardboard tube. And it's crafted in a way that when you pull it, the chemical reaction leads to a loud bang when you pull it apart. It's a firecracker, basically, when you pull it apart. Oh, so but what, nothing edible. That's crazy. No. Well, there is edible in there. What comes out of it is a small paper crown uh-huh. put on your head. A motto or a joke on paper, kind of like a fortune cookie, right? right? Like you get some together. And a small gift. Now, not edible so much anymore. But uh, in the 1850s in Victorian England, when these things started, they started by a confectioner. Confectioner is a guy who makes candy, sugar, and stuff like right. that. Tom Smith mm-hmm. started adding mottos to his covered bonbons. They were mostly love poems. But he would put like these love poems around these bonbons, and while crafting the bonbons, it sounds like the, the the bocce chocolates. Kind of, yeah, kind of. So as he was crafting them, he was like by the fireplace because this is Victorian England, so mm-hmm. fires were more of a thing. And he heard the there was a log there and went gave a loud pop, right? So you know sometimes if you're in a fireplace, you can hear the fire crackle and pop. Yeah. Well, it goes off while he's there, so he goes hmm. Light bulb, even though there weren't light bulbs, and uh, creates a log shaped package and copied the bang. He figured out how to make the bang noise, right? And adds the. Wow. I'm, j- I'm sorry, Nick. I just took a sip of this Oreo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you wait. Get let me... Go ahead. Wow. No, go ahead. I, love- I want to see the reaction. Are there Oreos in here? Yeah. Wow. You should try the Nutella it, one. You make tastes, the Nutella one too, right? You have like an initial taste of uh, like graham cracker-ish almost because I guess because it's the liquor. And then the Oreo hits you. It's like a... Do you still use coconut? Yo, you dude. still use coconut, right? Coconut cream in there. You're going to have to drive my car, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you, if you drink that much, I'd be That's impressed. It's delicious. Like, it's, right, deli- it's, it's fucking fantastic. It's like when we, we, we were growing up and you would drink Red Bull and vodka and not know you were drunk until the Red Bull wore off. Wow. That's what's going to happen. really good. And I'm not just saying this because you're my boy. <laughs> this is probably one of the best Coquitos I've had. And I've drank a lot of Coquito throughout the year. I have a lot of friends that are Latino. It's, and, about, it's about ratio. That's my grandfather's recipe. Bro. That, that recipe is like 100 I've been old. given Coquito from everybody. And this is top tier. Good. I'm, I, cannot, I cannot wait to try it next week. Bro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, okay, get back to the bonbons. Bonbons, bonbons, right. So he creates the log, makes the thing, makes the, the bang, figures out how to make it happen, mm. chemical reactions, just like, you know, the, the way it pulls. It's almost like a match lighting across, you know, like if you take a match and run it across the bottom of a matchbook, that's why it lights. Um, figures that out. That's not too hard. That's, that's basic chemistry that most of them know because they're making candy anyway, so they have to kind of know some chemistry. And um, But now his son... In the early 1900s, they add the hats, these little paper crowns, right? And the reason these paper crowns were originated, there's a celebration called the Twelfth Night Celebration where a king or queen is appointed to lead the proceedings. And here's the number 12 again, right? We talked about 12 Days of Christmas earlier, Twelfth Night Celebration. Uh, and the best way I can give you the king or queen is like appointed. Think of when we have parades nowadays and we get these marshals that are appointed marshals, like they're the leader of the parade. Right. Same kind of a deal. 
and then finally, the mottos, the love poems, went from being just love poems to kind of like these corny, punny jokes. They're punny on purpose in the 1930s. Um, so that's where we get our, where were they, where the UK gets their like uh, current Christmas cracker, which is not something you eat. It's a, it's a, you go to the table, you pull it apart, and you get a crown. Like I said, you get a little joke, terrible pun, usually like something I would say. And um, a small little gift is usually in there. Hmm. I actually thought it was something edible. The more you know. I heard about fruitcakes. Never had one. Me either, oddly enough. On Christmas, the fruitcake thing. Never, never had it. I heard about Christmas crackers. I'm like, what the hell is a Christmas cracker? Yeah, so, All these years. So Christmas crackers. It just... took to the, the year 2023 and Nick's notes to find out what it is. Well, you're going to find out some more interesting little tidbits because I've got some miscellaneous information here. Oh, miscellaneous. Okay. This miscellaneous. This is this is Roman numeral four, by the way. Oh, he uses Roman numeral. I, I use outline form from when I was in grammar school. Uh, all right. So miscellaneous information. King. I can't say this name, and I've never been able to say a name. Even even what what <laughs> when Cessless. The, the, you know the song, Good King with Cessless, or I, I can't say it. It's a song. It's a Christmas song. You know what I'm talking about, Joey? Is Old, it spelled the way that W-E-N-C-E-S-L-A-S? Let me see it. Where is it? Let me see this. I'm not going to ask I have no idea how to pronounce it, honestly. Um, oh, where are you going with that? Right. <laughs> He's like, pour, pour me some more. Another shot. Another I'm shot. gonna save some for Amy though, because that, that's yeah. really that is really. So good. he, this guy was a real person. He wasn't a king, but he was a real person, um, and he was murdered on his brother's orders. Does that sound familiar to you? Murdered on his Mur- murdered by your brother for being the good guy and being like the one that everybody looks up to. Hmm. Think Bible. What brother do you know killed his brother because he was the... Oh, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Right. Again, here we go. Another... Another coincidence or another parallel. Let's say parallel. I don't like the word coincidence. None of us here like the word coincidence. Um, Christmas... No, I'm sorry. Carolers. Carolers. You know Christmas carolers? They go around. They sing nice songs and they wear the nice, fancy Victorian England outfits. Well, they used to break into people's houses. Hmm. <laughs> they used to break into people's houses and demand food. We have Christmas carols all year in New York City. Yes, we do. And they don't get arrested. Or if they do get arrested, they get released right away. With, but, Mets, with Mets tickets. Yes. They used to break down doors and, and they would ask for food. So you better guard that figgy pudding because that song, Oh, give us your figgy pudding. <laughs> right? That might actually be a legitimate, like, they were there, like, give us your figgy pudding or we'll shank you. Okay. I got a funny story about the figgy pudding thing. Go ahead. Real quick. Go ahead. My daughter was getting to talking, right? She heard the song, give me some figgy pudding, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> I can only see different ways so, that this is going. I'm going to tell you where this is going. You know how she used to say dump truck? Dump fuck. Right? <laughs> so when she heard the figgy pudding song, she started trying to sing the figgy pudding song. So, so it ended up coming out. Just give me some fucking pudding. Just give me some fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids are so great. Yeah. Like, but then you realize so now I still sing it like that. So if it comes on, I'll say, and Amy just looks at me like, and she's 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 there laughing, you know, because it's funny, right? And kids, just the the sad part about that, like Joey, you you'll see it. 
there's always that moment when you realize they're never going to say it the wrong way again. Like my, my kids used to say aminals forever, forever. Aminals, 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 aminals. And then they said animals. And you're like, ah. Oh. It's like my daughter. She's For a while, she was saying herhel for turtle. And then eventually she's just like, oh, turtle. And, and she then got there's, it. Right. Know, so there's that, that moment where her, that. Herhel is gone now. There's that moment where it goes away and you're like, oh, damn. I was trying to correct it forever, but now that it's gone, you miss I'm sad. It. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, well, I'm sure we have – my brother tells me a story. Like I used to say instead of Burger King, I would say King of Berg as a, as a kid. So, like, we all have those things. But uh, – I could still picture you saying the King of Berg for some reason <laughs> right now. All right. So Carolers would rob you. Uh, King Westless, Winsellus, whatever his name was, a real person, Cain enabled. Christmas parties that we have nowadays are actually – you should get the angry history geek on this one. Should trace themselves back to a Roman festival called the Festival of Saturnalia. Hold on, because it's a fun episode. I'm like, I got bourbon and coquito with me right now. <laughs> Let's call the history geek. See if he picks up the phone. But what the fuck do you ask want? him? Ask him if he knows what the Festival of Saturnalia is. While you're getting him on the we're, phone, we're, we're calling. I don't even know what his name is now on social media because he changes it like every week now. So. See if he, He's trying to get something to hook. He came up with some good reels. I want to see if he knows because he's like the history guy, right? Right, like, especially especially Rome. Yeah, so he's not going to pick up though. He's probably working. Of course not. Of course not. Well, uh, hopefully he does. But um, it's anyways, it's a Roman festival that involved a lot of drinking. Obviously, we have that at Christmas parties. You go mm-hmm. to a Christmas party, you drink. It also had... This festival had role reversal between slaves and masters. What happens at a Christmas party, like on these big corporations, usually... People get fired. Right, because the, the employees... <laughs> People get fired. Right, because the employees get so bombed, they basically take all the shit out that they want to say to their bosses, and they say it. Yeah. So you have that role reversal of the employee and the boss. Closed schools, obviously these are things that usually happen after hours. Uh, wealthy give, and the wealthy used to give gifts to the poor. So think like Salvation Army, like when you walk, there's not a store you can't walk past, like a big box store where there's like that person out there with the Salvation Army bell. Like, you know, they're not, they're not asking for donations, but you know that that's what they're asking for by just standing there by proximity. Well, 7-Eleven has them every day. But they're for personal gain. Um, so the, the wealthy would give gifts to the poor to avoid robbery. We just talked about the carolers robbing. Well, the, the wealthy would give gifts kind of like build, um, some good, some good, uh, what's the word? Good, um, I can't think of the phrase. Whatever. Good mojo is not the phrase I was looking for, but, um, chimney. Uh, the chimney was not just for Santa, but his dark counterparts. We've talked about this, right? Uh, we talked about Krampus and we talked about Bell Snickle. Just so everybody out there is listening, the Grinch did not take this idea first to come down the chimney and steal Christmas. These other dark counterparts of Santa were doing it long before the green so guy. So you're saying Dr. Seuss took the story from someone? Well, Dr. Seuss took a lot of things from someone's. <laughs> so, from a lot of someone's? Yep. <laughs> Mistletoe. Mistletoe. Nowadays, we know mistletoe, you go under mistletoe, you get a kiss, right? Back then, mistletoe was actually used to pardon criminals. So it started as a French, a sign of friendship. Mistletoe traces itself all the way back to the Druids. If you gave mistletoe, you were, you were friends, you were Druids, and you were friends. And that was a way of identifying each other. Then it morphed into a get-out-of-jail-free card. You don't need those anymore, but it morphed into that. And uh, there was actually a 
Uh, There's no bail in New York City now. Correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's right. There was a church, or uh, yeah, York Minster Church, where if you brought d- mistletoe during special winter services and laid it down, you were pardoned of your crimes. Now, you had to go find this and you had to give it, but you could be pardoned of your crimes. And I feel like mistletoe is also in the Norse mythology, it's like the one weakness of Baldur. Or, or that's like the, like he's immortal or invulnerable. And that's the only thing that if he's, if he's hit with, a, I feel like Loki gives, didn't we talk about this? Loki gives it to the blind God and he fires the arrow into You're Baldur. Right. Mm-hmm. It's Baldur. Right. And you know where I, you know where I really reinforced that? Although I didn't know that before. God of War. The newer one that came out. Not Ragnarok. The, I haven't played that one yet, but the, the one that came out on the PlayStation 4. Uh, milk and cookies, lay those out for Santa, right? That actually became an ingrained tradition during the Great Depression because even though everybody was kind of shit out of luck and had nothing, it was still a way of showing and teaching kids you can show gratitude even in the darkest of times. So somebody's bringing you a gift, you're gonna, you can, the bare minimum, leave them something to eat on their way out the door. Hmm. So that's where that one really grew. Um, well, there's a lot of milk and cookies this year. <laughs> yeah, coquito and coquito and, and bourbon, um, and hanging stockings. Now, this is actually traces back to a myth. Um, a fourth-century bishop had snuck into a poor man's home because this guy couldn't afford the dowries for his daughters. Now, if you couldn't afford dowries, you couldn't get married, and you would die an old maid alone, like a cat lady. And nothing against cat ladies, but like you would not be allowed to get married if you couldn't afford a dowry. So this old man's this man's complaining, and his, this bishop hears it, sneaks into the house, and fills these stockings with the enough money and gold or whatever to uh, pay their dowries. This bishop, by the way, that this myth is about, fourth century. You know which, which bishop I'm talking about? Who, he, what he eventually became, or who he eventually became? Want to take a guess? Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. So this bishop in the myth is the Saint Nicholas. I knew you. Big brain power. That's right. Big brain power. That's what's going on up there as soon as Nick asked that. <laughs> the Matrix thing was in, like that meme, you know, when the ladies calculate. The smoke detectors almost went off in the studio with what was coming out of Billy's ears well, just now. I've been now. taking this. Uh, this is not a plug, by the way. I'm not paid to, to, to say this. These Ari mushroom gummies with like six different mushrooms in them. And you take them out, it's supposed to give you like cognitive abilities and, uh, and, uh, you're making connections up there. Yo, dude, I've been taking them for like two weeks now. And not only has it helped my like stomach issue that I've been having, but like I'm at work and I'm just computing shit and I'm like, wow, what's going on? Like I'm figuring stuff out and I, I don't know if it's, placebo. send me these gummies. Well, what I he's not know, telling you, I don't know if it's placebo or, but it's like my brain is just. I, I read the package. What he's not telling you is he's actually become part of the hive mind of the zombies from Last of Us because there's cordyceps in there. Cordyceps. Yeah. So well, it, mushrooms make connections. Right. So like it's very possible that it helps you know brain cognition. Wow. They said it on the Joe Rogan podcast recently. They said something to the effect that um that they they're attributing the higher brain functions of human beings to eating mushrooms like psychedelic mushrooms. Right. Like that's what catalysted our hominid species over you know countless of other hominid species and of course is that we ate mushrooms and they didn't and and that's how we also saw hat man 
It's probably, yeah. Do you see how Joey, like, he was quiet this whole episode so far? We start talking about vegetables. That was it. Vegetables. He got him. Fuck it. That's not even a vegetable. It's a fungus. <laughs> Throw him in. And I, I, I've been drinking this as well. It's, it's got, like, five of them in there. Oh, it's good. You know what's... In Bronxville. You know what's interesting is I don't eat mushrooms. Really? At all. Mushrooms or fish, which is my wife gets very mad because she can't do the seven fishes. Bro, when I, when I was doing the whole vegan thing... Where do you get your uh, omega-3s? I, I take a supplementation for That's omega-3s. There, there comes the higher brain power. <laughs> That's another thing. I'm taking fish oils every day, like every day, and haven't broke out. You take the algae one though, right? I don't. I think you take the algae one, which is the one that, that helps you not break out. Because we talked about that. Because I had I actually before. don't know if it ha- if it's the algae one or not. To be honest with you, it's it's uh, a a brand that you can buy in CVS, Walgreens, um, and then uh, I'm drinking the mushroom mix during the day at work as like a, a kind of like a substitute between eating lunch. I have a protein bar sometimes. I haven't really been hungry during the day, which is good. So I take the gummies in the morning and then I drink that now pretty much every other day. Because I don't want to have too much mushrooms in me. And then, like, can't go to bed. But the ability to think clearly is, like, it's, like, whew. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just cold. But, yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel when I take the uh, the DHA. Yeah, DHA, the EPA, and the uh, ALA that I take in my fish oil really give me that. Um, and then I take a micro, uh, a, a multi-nutrient too, which kind of helps with my cognitive abilities. But we just, let's not go too far off topic. We've had a health one. We can do another health one later Oh, on. that's coming. next. Uh, this this, this next season, season five is going to be, we're going to have a health. I actually might have a bodybuilder come on. Joey's already here. He's like a, he's like a, a big body, no. a real one. No, no, like he's, 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 like, he's like not you guys. No. <laughs> you guys don't count. No, he's uh, Ronnie Coleman. Two, he, he's on steroids. <laughs> well, I don't know. I didn't say that, but but my co-host did. But there's uh two bodybuilders I'm actually very friendly with, and they were like, yeah, well, come on. So um, and you might know. Them. I'll they, want pump, they want to pump. They want to pump. You up. They're going to come in. Yeah, he's, he's, he's both of them are cool dudes. So no, it should be fine. When good. we do that, like that, uh, you know, where they're, they're giving us this, this crazy stuff here and it's not healthy for us. He, they're going to, he's going to talk, talk about like what he takes, what he eats and right. what you should avoid. Cool. Well, we all know that, but you know, be interesting. Well, I mean, not everybody knows that. Be, we know that. We kind of, right? I kind of touched on it on a solo episode, but, but, but it'd be interesting hearing it from someone in the that profession. A professional right. that does this for like a living that's like classified as a professional. Right. Like anyways, we're, we're hobbyists, but we know enough to know what we're doing. Like, and all of us, I think have some semblance of, of a foot in the door with, being training or trainers so yeah, like, all of us here have trained people so yeah, i mean it's just honestly we we have knowledge that is not always publicly accessible or not not that it's not publicly accessible it's just not um widely dispersed mm-hmm. okay uh back to christmas back to christmas back to ghost stories actually yes this is the part ghost that stories. i'm sure everyone is Anticipate. Yeah, they saw the, saw the fucking uh, the caption, the, the title. They're like, what's, yeah, what's they're talking about Harry Potter, mushrooms, well, coquito. Well, I told you, I told you, this is very Christmassy, right? The way I designed this particular Nick's Notes is to build anticipation to no, the No, this is good because I didn't gift. know a lot of this. I thought that Christmas cracker is something you can legitimately eat. Well, we can have crackers next week. You can eat the cracker. Okay, yeah. it's fine. Um, but if you eat that cracker, I might, we might have to pump your stomach. Anyways, uh, winter months mean colder, darker, shorter days, and longer nights. We know that. I mean, that's just a given, right? It doesn't matter where you are. The It does. 
Well, you're right. But the mushrooms. The end <laughs> the dying season. You're right. The dying season when mushrooms wouldn't be growing because it's too fucking cold. Okay. The dying season. That was so fast. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Billy after two coquitos and a bourbon. If I was drunk, I wouldn't have been that quick, but it was just so quick. I looked at Joe. Well, maybe the mushrooms are absorbing the alcohol. That's it. The mushrooms are absorbing the alcohol. So Billy can actually drink more. We're never inviting cordyceps again to the fucking podcast. Oh, man. Where's Joel and Ellie? Oh, that was great. Billy's over there really going to town. Oh, laughing. man. That was good. It was just quick. And I looked at Joey, just instant laughter. It makes me laugh. Oh, that was great. That was good. Uh, okay. Right, reset. Reset ghost stories. All okay, right. so colder months, darker, darker days, shorter days. Without a lot of things to do, people had to gather around their fireplaces and tell ghost stories. Ghost stories are usually a good way of bringing people together. It helps to light that fear that's built into us naturally draws us in and and makes us stay entertained. So, Victorian England brings the printing press, though. And with the printing press comes the conversion from the oral tradition to the written form, which means you can reach a hell of a lot more people a lot faster. So you have authors like Elizabeth Gaskell, Margaret Oliphant, and Arthur Conan Doyle of, of Sherlock Holmes. They had these types of stories ready to go. They would work through the fall, ready to go for winter, and they'd be releasing these things. And for those people who don't know this, this is a little side fact, Sherlock Holmes was actually, the original Sherlock Holmes were released like in monthly periodicals. Like these would be released in newspapers um, written by Conan Doyle. And eventually they were all put together as a book. But when they were being released initially, you know, we, we think of things now as books, like these whole long things. They would release these almost like a comic book. Like Archer? Yeah. Archie? Archer? What is it? Archer? Arch the comic Archie yeah, yeah. yeah. It's newspapers kind of like, yeah, yeah it's, it's always a comic like even Peanuts like everybody's like oh okay Charlie Brown like yeah but Peanuts was a comic strip okay so these were released I don't know about daily but definitely in the periodicals um, these authors had them ready to go by winter with the coming fall of the Empire right and I mean the British Empire the Victorian Victorian England the world kind of seemed even scarier to the people in England so the interest in the scary is growing in the UK. And this became a family activity uh, because, and it didn't also, it didn't care. The activity itself doesn't care whether you were rich or poor. Socioeconomic status didn't mean nothing when it came to these stories because everybody could feel them. That's why these stories have endured uh, for, for over 100 plus years, over 150 years since the 1850s, because it doesn't matter if you were rich or poor. These stories spoke to you. Great. That's Arthur Conan Doyle, that's Elizabeth Gaskell, that's Margaret Oliphant, but here comes the big boy that brings ghost stories into the modern day. We'll get into him right after this pause. We're back from our momentary pause. Again, we all have to use the bathroom or, or fill up our coquito. And Nick was about to get into... One of the most famous authors when it comes to the time of Christmas. Go ahead. I know you were going towards this That's direction. Right. We call this the Charles Dickens effect. Okay. So now, by the way, there is legitimately only one version of A Christmas Carol you are allowed to watch if you come to my house. 
And it was, I think it was made in the 70s, but I don't really care. It's like 73 is what I thought I saw the day, but I don't think that's right. I think it was made really in the 80s and the 90s. The Muppet Christmas Carol is legitimately the only, I mean, I take that back. There's two versions. Muppet Christmas Carol, which is by far my favorite version because I love the Muppets as a kid. And, and that version, I, that is Christmas Day every year. We watch that movie. But the other version, which I won't watch with my kids because it is creepy as hell You're for gonna them. You're going to say Scrooged. Scrooged. Dude, I was so funny you said that, right? Because two nights ago, we were watching the Eddie Murphy movie. I don't know if it's on Prime or Netflix. Oh, that new one, right? Candy right, Keen right, Lane. Right, right, the new right, one. I, I fell asleep during it, so I, I don't even know what happened. Uh, but I woke up to Bill Murray on the TV, young Bill Murray. And I'm like, what's Amy watching? You know, And it was uh, Scrooged because I saw like the Christmas. I was like, oh, this is, I haven't seen this movie in years. I, I forgot the whole movie. And I was watching it, and I was like, wow. So the next morning, I'm like, I forgot how good of a movie this was. Oh, it's the a good jokes movie. were funny. But you can't watch that with a little kid. No, yeah. Because the, the Jacob thing. Marley in that one is it's so creepy. Terrifying. It's right, actually the golf ball that comes out of the back yeah, of the it's head. Yeah, they did the makeup for that. Very good. You know what? Actually, as a kid, I did watch it, right? And the movie didn't bother me. It bothered me that Peter Venkman was afraid of ghosts. That's what I saw as a kid. <laughs> I saw Peter Venkman afraid of ghosts, and I was like, I, I can't. It actually made me not watch the movie. Now I'm older. I'm like, yeah, he's an actor, so you know what I mean. So right. now I'm gonna rewatch it in the next couple of days. And honestly, the best version I ever saw, and I saw it live too. I saw Christmas Carol live. Um, my dad took me down to uh, Manhattan when it was okay to go down to Manhattan. And we did saw- you obey all the Broadway theater rules when you went into the theater? Well, did well, you? I obeyed all the rules except I think I, I might have fallen asleep for a couple minutes because I was wearing a very heavy coat and I was a young kid. Um, but the best, the second best Scrooge I've ever seen. The best Scrooge, obviously, I like Michael Caine. But the second best Scrooge I ever saw, and I really love the actor, is Tim Curry. Mm. And I saw him live as Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. And while I don't still have the props that I got from that because they were chocolate gold coins, and if I kept those from... 20 plus years ago, they'd probably be, no. So, but uh, that was, I think from then I always had a love for the story. And it's a very enduring story, A Christmas Carol. And um, it's Charles Dickens's most famous contribution to the holiday. It's not necessarily his most famous work because he's got others. You know, Oliver Twist comes to mind immediately. But, uh, now that's my stomach. So, but A Christmas Carol. It has endured forever. And again, Muppet Christmas Carol, go watch that. That's the best version. And Scrooge. But he wrote tons of other spooky Christmas stories, which is odd because you don't hear about all these other ones. Really, the only one you hear about is Christmas Carol. He also edited, he was an editor at the time, all these other people's Christmas stories. And that's in the UK. Now, this is he's, he's a UK author. He's, he's from England, and that's fine. He's not really famous in America for being this spooky guy. He's famous in America because he's the world's most famous author at the time. So when A Christmas Carol comes here, he's famous here for just being the world's most famous author of the time. Now, Andy Williams writes a song. Well, he doesn't write it, but he sings it. It's called It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. comes out in 1963. Now, there's a line in there about telling spooky ghost stories mm-hmm. at Christmas time. And, you know, this is the one that you've alluded to a few times, and this is where I'm going to end. Um, in the song, it's, it's a throwaway line. It doesn't really have much, but it's 
probably in reference to Charles Dickens because he is the world's most famous author at the time. Um, and you don't get much more than that because we've talked about this even through spooky season. The United States had a big aversion, specifically because we were very Protestant, like near our founding, towards supernatural and spooky things. So a lot of that kind of went out the window. And the only reason that this stuck in America was because it was Charles Dickens. If it had been any other author, probably wouldn't have made it as far as it did. But because it was Charles Dickens, it got to sticking. And because it stuck, we have this song where you don't even pay attention. Like I was talking about it with my coworker. I'm like, they say ghost stories in a Christmas song. No, they don't. I'm like, they do. I said, you don't hear it because you're not paying attention to that line because you're, it's a Christmas song and you're not listening for Halloween or spooky references, but they say sitting around telling spooky ghost stories. Sure enough, if you slow it down and you let people listen to the actual mm -hmm. lyric, they're like, holy shit, they do say it. I'm like, yes. I go, mostly in reference to I know what say. Christmas. Coming. I mean, the, the seasons are so transitional. They're so close to one another. So... <clears throat> In times where you didn't have TV or, you know what I mean? Like, of course, those those same traditions are going to blend. People people have a hard time getting out of spooky season as it is. Like, people want to continue Halloween even long after it's over. Well, what's spooky season in Mexico? <clears throat> what's the big one? They did then. Go ahead. Dia, Dia de los Muertos. There you go. Before, said it Billy, before Billy even chimes in with his... So, and the Day of the Dead is a celebration to basically... It's it's the solstice, right? It's the fall solstice. It's kind of celebrating the end of one season and, and the beginning of another, right? Yule, celebrating the end of one season and the beginning of another. So, yeah, there's a lot of parallels here, Joey, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of where that spookiness comes in because as you say, it's colder, it's darker, it's shorter days. You have not a lot of entertainment at that point. So you're gonna gather around. And they're so close. The Feast of Joel, Jewel, whatever, is the Day of the Dead for the Norse. Just as Deas de los Muertos is the Day of the Dead for, you know, for Mexico. So, and, and other Hispanic heritage, but I mean, it's, it's just really, really. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's mostly Mexican. It's, it's, it's very popular in Mexico. So, but like, Feast of the Dead, Day of the Dead, talking about the spookiness. Halloween, Christmas, they're very close in proximity. They are the cold months. They are the end of life, per se, right? Because this is where, when you're in that season, it starts to, it doesn't matter. Yes, there's a winter here where it's cold, and there's a winter on the other side of the planet where it's hot. But there's also a dark, dying season there as well. It's just cyclical, because that's how the planet works, by rotation, Okay, and with that dying, there has to be new life. And so that's where this kind of fascination comes from because you, you, you got to tough it out. You got to make it through. And then when you do, you know that you're going to have a new year and a new experience and a new life and a new lease on life and, and the ability to keep going. So whether it be Halloween spooky season or Christmas spooky, you know, attributes, this death comes Right, and we see winter, we see peace, right? Because we see the white. Sometimes we don't see snow a lot anymore, but it's very peaceful, very calm. For but you. yeah, <laughs> when we're kids, especially, all right, and you, you just—it's a sereneness to it because it's so quiet. Whether I mean, if you're out there and you're shoveling, it's different, but it's still kind of quiet because you have less people out, and so it's got that serenity aspect to it. And it's just think about death, right? Serenity because it's. The end. And then if you're of a belief, 
there's the after. So it's the end of one season of life. It's the beginning of the next, whether it be Halloween or Christmas. And we all have that one person in our family that's always like, you know, someone who's pessimistic about the season of cheer and they're always contemplating death or contemplating spookiness. Hence, Billy's probably that person in his family. <laughs> well, there's also the aspect, I mean, you, we could talk about that. There's also that mental aspect of, you know, when it gets to the dark and the cold, seasonal depression can set in and that could not be just necessarily an obsession with those holidays, but a chemical reaction to those kinds of... Staying in that in that. Staying in that season, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's just, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but it does happen. That's why seasonal depression is a thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Well, seasonal not depression you, is, you, first of all, you, scientifically, lack of sun. Lack of sunlight. Vitamin right. D. You, people, humans need vitamin D. So when, when they were telling you not to go outside during, you know what, because I don't want to add anything to this episode, people were like, that's crazy. You know, because the sunlight is proven to help people. And you cannot get that through the window. Getting it through the window is not the same thing as getting it from the actual sunlight. Just so you know, you actually get no benefit. None. What's other than seeing it, you get no chemical benefit to your body by getting it through a window. No. Right. And then, like, there's even a controversy. You can supplement it, by the way, for your listeners. I take, like, 5,000 milligrams. There's controversy <laughs> as... <laughs> there's controversy now, too, to people, like, saying that the sun can cause, like, cancer. Like, people are, like, trying... There's... I've been listening to Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, uh, and then when they had their episode together about about that, I, uh, if you're in the sun twenty, maybe if you don't get if yeah, if you're in the sun twenty four seven, like you know, like just like this, obviously, <clears> if you don't get enough sunlight, it can definitely still be right. So that's that's 15, number one. fifteen to twenty minutes a day is probably that's like, that's right. number one. We're also a lot. We're a lot. You know, if we attribute to evolution, we have a lot less hair on us protecting us from this sunlight than an animal does. If we evolved from apes, right? They have they're out all day, but. Again, they're not because they're also under foliage. So they can be under the trees as cover and come out when they need to. But they also have that hair protecting the majority of their body. So this cancer, other than, I mean, there's other contributing factors, but sunlight cancer, UV cancer could probably be, a, it, it is a thing. You can prove it scientifically, but you're not supposed to be out in the sun 24-7. Right, 24-7, but the, the whole concept of if you look like Snooky from the Jersey Shore, you yeah, have a problem. Don't, <laughs> yeah, lady? don't go don't go into the sun the, the you know lady? Remember the tanning yeah, lady? Yeah. From New I think she's from New Jersey. She's also from New Jersey. The lady who like looked like she was like burnt toast. You remember who I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. So they're trying what I was alluding to is they're telling you not to go into the sunlight and avoid it. Sunglasses, you know, spray, whatever. Then you got the whole concept of, you know, it gets darker earlier. So you lose the sunlight. What does it do to you mentally? You know, you're, you, you're losing out on the vitamin D. 1,000%. It's, it's, first of all, it's scientifically proven that crime goes up. Suicide rates go up. You mentioned circadian rhythm. Not to get off topic, but we'll cover it in season five. Our circadian rhythm is aligned with Mars. That's for another day. That's for another... <laughs> <laughs> the, way yeah, Joe, the, way Joe, the way Joey said it. That's for another day. We'll get there. <laughs> We're going to get there. But now it, it's all this stuff is scientifically proven. But what I was going to say is that's why they're trying also to. I thought it was going to happen this year. Uh, or am I going, or is it a Mandela effect? Did we not hear that they were trying to stop this year? They were trying to stop pushing back the clocks? 
Oh, I heard. No, no, no. This was the year, <laughs> and they still haven't done it. This was the year. Like they had, they, and I don't know. And I heard it got like passed or something. Maybe it's next year. Like I was dead set on that not happening. Well, you know, not it, it every- would still get dark early, but it would not be dark at four thirty. Well, be you dark know, at, like, not, not everyone uses daylight savings. We actually invented that in this country. We did. For ben, farming. Ben Franklin invented it here for farming. For farming, for, which right. is ludicrous. It doesn't work. Well, because we also put, well, they did it because it gave you an extra hour or whatever. Whichever way you want to look at it, an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. We're not a, an agricultural society anymore in general. I mean, there's only X amount of farms in the United States and a majority of them that are not already government subsidized are owned by like 60 plus year olds. So you have a lot of our farming that's owned by small industry about to retire, which is a scary thought, which we can talk about later on. Yeah, they want us to eat uh, bugs and stuff now. You I'll stay away from that. Bugs, cows are bad. Magically, all of a sudden, all this stuff. Yeah, it's farts, like, farts are bad. But yeah, you know what? We're, we're, we won't go there. Oh my God. Um, Season five. Going. Yeah, let's let's. Fuck Bill Gates. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to say it. I had to Yo, say dude, it. Yo, dude, it's 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 wild, yeah. man. You know, I had a conversation with someone uh, fairly recently, and um, they had posted something about bugs, and I was like, you know, I've, I've tried, I've actually tried bugs, and uh, as a joke. <clears throat> on a ferry ride back from, from Fire Island because my cousin was sitting next to me, I Sammy Pacone. What kind of bug? Cricket. V- v- like vinegar. No, I feel like that, no. that's the bug you're going to try. Yeah, no, it's, it's vinegar. It was like salt. No, like eating a cockroach is kind of like No, fringe. salt and vinegar. There's countries and, that do it though. And I opened it up in front, right next to She was sitting right next to me and she's like, Billy, don't do it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I, I opened up the bag and I took like three crickets in my hand. Uh. And I threw it in were my mouth. And I covered was, at least? No, they were salt and vinegar. Fucking hell. And I was chomping on it right next to her. And she was like panicking. She couldn't move. We're on a boat. We're on a ferry back. And I'm eating these, these crickets. And, you know, it wasn't that bad. But to say that you want to convert food to eating bugs, you know what I mean? Like get rid of meat and get – it's ridiculous. Well, Joey's on board with part of that. <clears throat> yeah, but I think Joey's smart enough to realize that eating bugs and just vegetables is not I gonna, just wouldn't eat it. It's I, not, I feel like if if you're gonna have to eat, if you're gonna eat bugs to try to get like pro, there's so many like, protein. The protein myth is so like fringe out there. It just makes me cringe every time I hear about. Feel like oh, where do you get your protein? Or or you're not getting enough protein. It's just like there's no such thing as protein deficiency. It doesn't fucking exist. It's not a real thing. Like scientifically, Google it. If you just type in protein in Google, people are so hung up on protein as like the main macronutrient of like that that you know harbors human life it's really not it's carbohydrates like that's what we function on the majority of your of your dietary intake has got to be carbohydrates you ever have a day where you're doing like low carbs you ever try it you're tired you're tired you feel like shit right because you get no energy protein builds the cells protein builds i mean we're really gonna get off topic here protein builds the cells the ghost of nutrition's past (laughs) (laughs) and ghost of nutrition yet to come so no. <laughs> pro- protein is going to build the cells. I mean, it builds a lot of cells. It builds skeletal cells, muscle cells, all those things. But the energy is, he's, Joey is 100% right. It's going to come from, if it doesn't come from carbs, because most energy is going to come from carbs, you occasionally get some energy from fat cells, but like it, you'd have to be doing a lot the, of slow, the thing is, steady is that, things is for fat. Protein, protein is in everything. It's in every type of food, obviously in varying varying uh degrees of of grams right so you get certain amount in beans you get a certain amount in rice you get a certain amount in this but like all plant foods have 
protein. So the the myth that you're not going to get enough in, in just a random diet is just, is a lie. You're not going to die if you don't get fucking 170 grams or 180 grams. Like these you old, just might need, might not meet your old, physical goals exactly, that you're looking exactly. for, which is fine. But anyways, instead of, uh, I, 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 how the fuck did we talk about protein? The bugs. The bugs. How did we get onto that? The bugs. We're the daylight uh, savings. Sunscreen. Time. Yeah, sunscreen, sunscreen right. daylight savings. So anyways, we the, went really yeah, the time, weird way off topic on that one. The, ti- right. the times of of the darkness brought families together. It's it's, and, it's and, still Christmassy. Just don't eat bugs on Christmas. You know, Christmas yeah. is a time for carbohydrates. It's a time for fucking pie. It's a time for... I don't even know how we got into that, but I know I was talking about the sunlight <laughs> and stuff like that. Moral of the story is... It's a scary It's a scary thought to think about eating bugs on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. I thought that this was going to be the year they were going to do that whole time change thing, ending it, and it didn't happen. Now, Nick... Where did we leave off with Nick's notes? Because I know it wasn't on 50, 70 grams of protein right now. No, we, uh, we are wrapped up with Nick's notes. The end of the Nick's notes was the fact that Andy Williams sang a song uh, in 1963, um, which involved a throwaway line that says ghost stories. And uh, for most people, A, they don't ever hear that line. But B, even if they do hear that line, they don't know where it comes from. And it does come from Charles. They think that the authors of the, the writers of the song are giving like a shout out to Dickens for how a popular he was at the time and b how much he kind of popularized ghost stories in general. Now, did around you know Charles season. Dickens' Christmas Carol actually did not do very well when it came out? Makes sense. It actually didn't do that well, and um, I believe I read that he didn't make a lot of money off of it. As the years went on, it became more popularized that it was that you know because it's a Christmas story, but and. Being that he was a famous author, it actually didn't do all that well. So, tidbit uh, for that. And um, a lot of Christmas, these ghost stories. Remember we were doing the Halloween episode? Mm-hmm. And there were we, a few of them, so. we Well, no, the, 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 I think it was like the first one, right? Was it? Um, one of the episodes. Okay. And we kept talking about Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept, I kept bringing it up. It there is a lot and you alluded to this just not too long ago before we started talking nutrition, that is a lot of references to Halloween and Christmas because it's very similar. If you ask, Joey, find out how many days ago Halloween was. It's got to be like 50 days ago, right? How many days ago was Halloween? 41 days? 42? 41. 41 days. And now... I did that in my head, by the way. And we're only 14 days away from Christmas. So it's... Mushrooms. <laughs> ah, got me. Just kidding. I don't do mushrooms. There's, it's very, very close. And remember in that episode, I mentioned something about that at the that time period of Halloween where the season was coming to an end, They, I remember reading that they would light a Yule log that, and check back with it like a day or two later. And if it was still lit, that means they were going to have a good winter. But if it was if it was um, out, there was going to be brutal winter, a lot of death, a lot of death, a lot of disease. That probably goes back to the Yule log, from, right? You the know, 12, that was when they to, lit it for 12, twelve days, days. right? If, it, if they came back and it wasn't lit, it might have been some kind of correlation there. But you know, when you think about Christmas, you don't really think about all the ghost stories. And there's a lot of ghost stories for for Christmas. Well, obviously, the most famous is the Charles Dickens, the the Christmas Carol with the ghosts of. Christmas present, Ghost of Christmas Past, and... Come in and know me better, man. Yeah. 
So, well, now we concluded Nick's notes. I'd like to ask you guys, what is, because, you know, we are, this is our last episode together. So we'll start with Joey. Joey, when you think Christmas, what is your fondest memory that you have? I kind of mentioned it last week, but like your, your fondest memory and what do you look forward to for Christmas every year? That's a tough one. My, I think my fondest memory was <clears throat> getting the first Nintendo with my uncle. And what do I look forward to every year? Now, as I got older, as I get older, I think I look forward to just like, just reminiscing about when I was younger with my uncle and my sister and whoever was around when, when we were younger and just talking about the old days. And we don't really spend a lot of time with our families. Everybody's caught up in like work life kind of balance thing. And so when you do get a chance to spend some time with your family, you just talk about the times that you were with each other, like 24 seven, you know, and, and those were the good times. Not that these are bad times, but like reminiscing has like become like a part of like holiday tradition now, you know? That and just drinking some extra coquito. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what's your uh, fondest memory and, and what do you look forward to now? All right. So I'm going to clip parts of that. There's two There's two really ones that I really, really remember. Well, I mean, you said it too last week and it just like triggered like memory unlocked. Getting a Megazord for Christmas mm-hmm. was so cool. Putting that thing together, putting the stickers on it, which – you had to be like painstaking to make Precise. sure they weren't crooked. Yep. And you were like, and then nowadays you look at the ones that they came out with and you're like, wow, mine looked like nothing compared to this. But I don't care. That was a great memory to get that. And I remember, you know, just opening that thing up and thinking this was the coolest thing ever because I was like, Power Rangers had just come out. That was great. Then a funny memory is my brother bought me a game for Super Nintendo called Super Punch-Out, which oddly enough has become one of my favorite video games uh, for the Super Nintendo. But he didn't buy it for me because I had no intention of playing that game. He bought it for me so he could play it. And then he played it and I watched. And Mm -hmm. I I just remember like, my brother used to play all the video games and I remember watching him play and like, specifically, one game I remember watching him play was Home Alone, which was the hardest game ever to play. And the only reason we won and when I say we, it was him playing, was because one of the bad guys glitched outside the house. So you just had to run around away from the one instead of the two. So we managed, and you had to run through 20 minutes, like actual legitimate 20 minutes in real time. And they got faster and faster and got up from the traps easier and easier. Finally won. One and only time we won. Um, what do I look forward to now? I guess Joe's right, nostalgia, like that that feeling of nostalgia when you get to kick back and sit with your family. Um, and the food. I like the food. Like this is a, such a, you know, I know Thanksgiving's the food holiday, but I feel like Christmas also has those meals that you just have at Christmas time. You don't have 99% of the rest of the year. And it's just like, you can think, wow, I can't wait to have that. I can't wait to sit down and have that with my family, but I can't wait to sit down and eat that. You know, I, I, last week I kind of mentioned, like you said, the whole Megazord thing. So the one memory I have, when I got that Super Nintendo, you know, at the time, the TVs, they were certain plugs to plug the systems in. And for some reason, I never had the right wires to go into the TV we had. So we always used to have to go to Steve's Toy Store, which was the only place that had it for some reason, right over here. 
There used to be that little toy store right there. That's where I got a Furby. And we'd buy the piece, and then, like, the next day or two days later, I was finally able to play the system. For some reason, I always remember that with the with, with the systems, but it happened with the 64, it happened with the Super Nintendo, it happened with the PlayStation when I got the PlayStation for Christmas. But that Christmas with the Megazord, for some reason, I don't know why it stands out. But, uh, you know, you I, I always remember waking up, and my mom did a good job. Every Christmas waking up, and that tree looked crazy with the presents under it. They did a great job. That's something you don't forget, you know, as a kid. And then as you get older, you really do, you know, you kind of, not that you lose your Christmas spirit, but it becomes like, you know, you're the one now doing it, doing it. And you're the one that has to, you know, you have to give, get for everyone. You know what I mean? And like, I'm getting it for my daughter and, or, and your significant other, you've got to get them a gift. And, you know, my significant other already knows what I'm getting them because I told them. This year, this is what we're doing. So it's a gift for the summer. So, but um, you know, you're doing that. And as far as looking forward to anything, um, fairly recently, my mom gets these treats from a lady that makes her these desserts. They're a dessert, and um, I guess my mom does the checks and balances for her, like where her book, the checkbook, and make sure everything is good. My mom's good with math, so unlike me. <laughs> And uh, and um, she's been making her these chocolate-covered marshmallows with peanuts in them. And when you bite into them, they are so soft and, like, just decorative. And you, it is like, the best thing ever. And I ask, I've been asking her every year now. I was like, is that lady making these for you? And I literally, like, for Not dessert, fair. I don't have cookie. I don't have cake. I don't have nothing. Even this bread that Aldi's makes every year that tastes like Pentatone, very similar, I don't have none of it. I go straight to that, and I eat the whole thing. So my protein that I'm ordering this, this coming session? My protein, I'm getting a chocolate marshmallow one because I want to really give that a try. So you're saying that right now, I'm like, mm, can't wait. <laughs> so Nick is still thinking gains, but flavor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So this is the last time we're all together until next year. And season five, being that we're all here together... <laughs> got a lot of things. We got some conspiracies. We got an it's episode. Be a good year for conspiracies. The ep- yeah, 2024, an election year. Like, this is it. Like, the, oh, man. You know it's... Pandemic 2.0 is coming. We got a lot to... In a room. The three of us sitting in a room. Clip that. Talking about Pandemic 2.0. I said it first. You heard it here. First Trademark. on the SWAB podcast. Trademark. Yo, dude. Conspiracies. We got. I got a quality of life. Like, what the government... This is lined up. It's up here. The, what the government does that everyone thinks the government's on our side, but it's really not. From work to taxes, to, I got so much, so much stuff. You get taxed on everything. Haunted places everything. to talk about. Returning guests, Joanne DeJesu, she wants to come back on and talk with us, and uh, you know, have her on for an episode. Totally relevant to psychic stuff. Just have her come on and talk. Um, we've been in touch every day. She's super, super cool. She's like not only become just a guest, like she's become like. She got me putting oregano under my pillowcases. <laughs> yeah. the, the witchy tips. I like yeah, them. I reshare her stuff. We become you. like friends. So You're like, fuck it's it. Gonna I don't be know. Nice. Life, life is shit right now. Let me fucking... It's, be, let me get this oregano going. Yeah, one what, day she's... What, what, use? what number do I need to pull She's going to come on one day. It's witchy tip. If you put this old toenail and your shoe and wear it with your Jordans, like, no, like you will be like, walking 10 times faster. And you're, witchy tip. Listen to the Say What Again Billy podcast. Yeah, we need we need we some oregano. Yeah, 
No, but we've been with this. Listen, when we got the analytics from the Spotify wrap up, I was very like, wow, this has been one of the like more successful seasons in the in the four seasons. And next week, we you know is we're doing the season finale. It'll be Nick, me, and Dario, and we're talking about something, you know, TV related. What they want us to watch and believe we like, but we don't. But um, it's on the SwabPodcast.com webpage just for you guys who want to check it out. But, you know, this season has been the longest season and it's been the season where we had the most content, the great, like the most really good conversations. So it's hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been it's been a long ride for like I remember doing this by myself. And oddly, um, when we did the Bigfoot episode, you know, Joey couldn't come on. Joey had stuff going on and I was going to film by myself. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it by myself. How hard can it be? I filmed probably about 10 times and I cut 10 times. I cut every time. And I was like, you know what? I can't do this without Joey and Nick. So it's become a me podcast to an us podcast. So I wanted to say thank you guys because I tried that day to do it by myself and I couldn't. It didn't sound right. It didn't feel right. So you guys have literally made the podcast that much better. You know what he's telling us? You know what he's telling us? We're his mushrooms. No. What I'm saying is... Now... What he's saying is he now didn't have enough you, cordyceps that day. <laughs> now I'm saying is... Now, now you, you can't leave. Now you can't leave. Now you can't leave. Click. <laughs> no, but I wanted to say thank you, being out. You guys are all here together uh, until next year. You know, all of us. I wanted to say thank you. Nick's your notes coming through, doing like boatloads of research. Joey, I know it's, it's not easy coming every Monday because you you're a little further than us, but... Coming here, giving your input, your skepticism, your conversation, the jokes and stuff like that. And it's crazy because this all started really, Joey came on in season one. I forgot, I forgot the, the name of the episode. Was it Ancient Civilizations? Yeah, it was like something about pyramids. And that was the first time Joey ever came on. It was. It was Ancient Civilizations. And then you came back on on a phone call. I was like, yo, let's do it in, in, in person. And I think we did. I was the catalyst. Flight 19. Right, that was the one of that flight nineteen or the or the Sarah from Mr. Car, and that was it. And I, I feel like if we keep going, we got something here. It's, it's no, a we good do. Podcast we got, you know, people we, like to listen. We got listeners. We pick you know crazy subjects. Thank you to the week. listeners. You know, we stay yeah, tuned. Yeah, and that's another thing I want to say. We're, we're gonna like upgrade eventually. We're just we're get, we're working on the on the video aspect of it. We are it, um, going in. Uh, podcasting is difficult when you when you have to be on multiple platforms, and like we're navigating jobs and being full-time you know podcasters so just stick with us eventually we'll get there with yeah. the with the video and we'll be on multiple platforms we have a youtube page with a couple of places a couple of, of videos up um sleepy hollow the psychic interview joe costantino i will not have to hold it with my hands the whole time but we we're gonna with this coming season we're gonna do a lot more content on youtube where you will see all three of us and go places um, so that's the video that we can provide for now, but you know, you guys are listening in and that's, that's important. It's, it's not about what you're seeing. It's about what you're listening to and what the topic is. And, and I've had people reach out to me via Instagram or coworkers, friends and like, Hey, you guys are really good. You guys, you know, the conversation is good. The information is good. Um, our hiking buddy, uh, Ronan. He'd be like, your conversation sounds so intellectual, intellectual with you and Joey that, and this is before you, that I, I don't know if I could ever like hang with you guys talking, you know, because 
we pick conversations and different topics every week and we know what we're talking about and and it, it's fun, you know? And like I said, it doesn't matter the amount of, you know, we're, obviously we're not on levels like Joe Rogan or other podcasts out there, but we have, you know, decent listening ship and it's, no matter what, it's fun. I enjoy coming here every Monday. It's, it's a, you know, for me, Monday is the end of my week. And instead of going home and just relaxing, I get to spend time with my two friends having conversations about the most batshit crazy things. From mushrooms to protein to sunlights to crickets to coquito to Krampus to Krampus Charles Dickens and a whole bunch of other things and it, and it's fun and as long as it's fun that's what it's what it that's what matters so we enjoy doing it and it's like I said it's come a long way because next week will be the three years out of three year anniversary of the podcast I've been doing this for three years so I'm glad that I have you two guys on the journey going forward into season five. So thank you. I predict season, f- season six full-time jobs. Oh, not to six seasons in a movie. Time out. Joanne did say when we, when I got read that day, she did say that February would be the money-making month. That something big is happening in February. And Shit, we better bet on the Super Bowl. I'm gonna hold her to this witchy tip. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna... so I'm I'm just putting it out there. And who knows? But if it doesn't come true. I'm gonna be like, listen, Joanne, where's this? Like, where do I have to put the oregano? Do I gotta shove it? Never mind. <laughs> so there's one place the sun will never reach. I I do know I do know this that um, season I don't five even know where we I got, got oregano from. I'm just playing. Guys. We got a lot. She just you know what? She does say some some stuff like random like thing. I'm like, what what is that? You know, but she's and she has her own podcast now. Uh, oh, nice! Is it absolutely magic. No, it's um. I'm gonna. I don't want to get the name wrong because I, I. God forbid, I got her when I was saying her name in the beginning. When she, I have it saved. It's uh. It's on here. Um. I want to get it right. It's ma- It's awakened magic, but it's spelled different. M a g i c k. Yeah, m a m a g i c k. So I knew that. That part yeah. I knew. That, so Joanne DeJesu, our um, one of our favorite guests. She has her own podcast. That was the episode, an interview with a psychic medium. She has her own podcast now, Awaken Magic. And her latest episode is Energy Vampire. And that was aired yesterday. No, Wednesday. So that was last Wednesday. So I, I've been listening to it. It's pretty, it's pretty good. She just started. The episodes aren't too crazy. They aren't too long. They're like 20 minutes tops. And you get to hear more of her. And she's coming back on. I can't wait to have her back on. Dario is going to be ending the season four with us. We're going to have a lot of guests coming on. For season five, a lot of interesting topics. So, because we're all here together today for our second to last episode for season four, I want to thank you guys and thank the listeners. We got a special video for you guys that we're gonna put out next week for the week the the next week because next week is the three years. So I'm gonna to piece together a nice little video for you guys so you can put a face to the voice if you haven't seen the pictures on the page. And here's here's a little preview. Go watch Mean Girls and what they do at the Christmas pageant. Just kidding. <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dressing up like Mrs. No. Claus. But the three years that this podcast has been out and us talking about Christmas ghosts to nutrition and mushrooms and UV sunlight was all made possible by Spotify for Podcasters. If you have a podcasting idea and you need a way to get it out there. Download Spotify for Podcasters. They give you all the tricks and tools you need. And all you have to have is a tablet, phone, or computer. You simply download Spotify for Podcasters 
and get started on your very own podcast. Nikki, your Nick's notes today were very jolly. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for your Nick's notes. Joey, thank you for the coquito. It is fantastic. I can't wait to bring it home and let uh, my my lady have it and try it because that was the best coquito the I had. Next thing you know, you're going to Puerto Rico and you got another kid on the way. Trust me. It's sh- dude, <laughs> very, very, that the Oreos in there were top notch, dude. Top notch. Yeah, that's, that's my little ad. Double stuff with <laughs> one F, by the way. And she never said it. Or never said. You know, so you got some Never said it, apparently. Never said oh, it. That's crazy. It. man. I don't know. But I don't know. season five is going to be fun. I called more people afterwards, and they I, told me the same thing. I told Joey on the way here, on the way home from work, I was listening to Mandela Effect, because it was my my favorite episode we've done all year. It was very fun, very funny. But everybody listening, have a Merry Christmas if this is your last episode tuning in. But next week is the last episode airing Monday night, December 18th. Wherever you get your podcast from, head over to Swab underscore podcast on Instagram to check out our reels and pictures. Head over to SwabPodcast.com to see the upcoming episodes. And when we take our pause and our break up until the new year, literally, you can see when season five will start. Make sure you catch up. Catch up on all the episodes. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a there'll be after next week, there'll be 140 episodes to listen to. Plenty of time to catch up. So plenty of time to catch up. But until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.